Our scripture reading this evening will be taken from Psalms chapter 104. In the Bibles and the pews, it's on page 536. Psalms 104, beginning with verse 30. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Who looks on the earth and it trembles? Who touches the mountains and they smoke? I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while having being. May my meditation be pleasing to him. For I rejoice in the Lord. Let the sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Good afternoon. Don't you just find yourself wanting to say good morning? I'm thankful that uh, the elders were able to arrange it so we could start at three, and then that gives us plenty of time to get Sunday morning sermon in, Sunday night, and Bible class, and still be out by six. That's, what a plan, what a plan. Uh, it is good to see each of you. Hope that you have had a, a wonderful past few days enjoying the wonderful creation uh, that God has provided for us. Uh, we are very uh, thankful and indebted to Bobby Cole. Bobby has pushed snow yesterday and today uh, for at least 11 hours. And, uh, and what he is using, his heater is not working. And, uh, and he really endured a, a lot of coldness and, uh, and gave a lot of effort. And also there were 20 others that worked yesterday and today for a lot of hours cleaning off the, the sidewalks and, and the steps and all. And we're thankful to each that have done that. We're thankful that you're able to be out. We're thankful that we can come together and worship God. When we look at the beautiful scenes of snow, uh, we think about some of the fun scenes. I've heard many stories already of you playing in the snow. Greg Coles, he, he uh, and his family, the Coles family, they built a uh, snowman. They called it Big Pops. Now, when you first look at Big Pops there, uh, you'll, he may not look that big to you, but uh, if you look at the next picture, he's eight foot tall. Uh, he, big Pops is, is really uh, Big Pops. And we've got Ben and Morgan and Dalton there. And uh, you know, as, as I thought about our theme this year of marvel, but then God being the marvelous creator and how over and over this month we have been studying how he created by his voice, I couldn't help but appreciate with a, a deeper awareness what Elihu said in Job 37 and in verse 6 when he says, He says to the snow, fall on the earth. Likewise to the gentle rain and the heavy rain of his strength. It's a beautiful thought to think that God says snow and it snows. In the very beginning when God decided to create, he is so marvelous, 
is so powerful. He just spoke it all into being. As we think about things coming up, I'd, I hope that you receive the e-messenger. It comes out on Monday, updates of things that are happening good. On Wednesday, an article, and on Friday, uh, we receive updates about what's coming up that weekend. And if you uh, do not receive that, there is an address uh, here. It is church at mountjuliet.org. And we would encourage you to uh, take the time to subscribe to that so that you can keep up with the news. You can even keep up with change of services like now and all. And, and if you receive it, uh, you know that you were blessed richly this past Wednesday by Tim Martin's article that he wrote. Here's the opening lines of his article. Greetings from Cleveland. Tracy and I are enjoying the envy of every man, a two-week vacation to Cleveland in January. <laughs> Weather has been nice, snow, cold, and windy, followed by snow, cold, and windy, We've been spared from the weather by sitting for hours in several unique and luxurious waiting rooms and doctor's offices. I know you're all jealous. We got to top it off with a grand finale Monday, open heart surgery. Be sure and be praying for him. And I might add, the article was very encouraging and very convicting. And uh, please take advantage of opportunities that are given to you to draw closer to your church family and also to focus on things that are spiritual. And uh, the messages that go out on Wednesday, that's what the hope is, is to draw all of us in uh, to spiritual thinking and spiritual knowledge. And Tim really did an amazing job. He will have surgery tomorrow morning. Uh, if it goes as scheduled, it'll begin at 5.15 in the morning. And uh, it will be open heart so that they can biopsy the tumor that is in the wall of his heart uh, to see if it is malignant. And from there then, they can decide what they will do uh, to give uh, further treatment based on what they find. And so let's all be uh, very diligent and fervent in our prayers uh, this afternoon, tomorrow morning, and throughout the day tomorrow, and of course, to continue even after that. Also, as we think about our family, uh, we think about the White family. I know both of these have already been mentioned and prayed about. Uh, Friday was a difficult day. Uh, it was a blessed day uh, for Leah, and that things have never been better for her than, than what they are now. Uh, but it was a very, very difficult day to see uh, such a, a young life end, and yet, we look at the whites' love for her, and we're so thankful that for four months, uh, she has been able to have a mother and a father that would literally go to the other side of the world uh, to help her. And what a blessing that has been for all of us. Uh, I can say I have a greater appreciation for what the Lord has done for me to adopt me into his family. When we see that, that beautiful example of adoption, you know, a while back, a doctor was trying to explain to them a certain complication medically and then 
then said, but that affects this, and explained another complication, and said, but that affects this, and explained another complication. And, and he went on down a chain of like five or six different things that, that little Leah was experiencing, that all of it was affecting something else that was a, a problem. And finally, the doctor just said, she is a medically complex baby. You know, spiritually, there's not anybody here that's not medically complex. We all have our issues. We all have our sin. There's not anybody here that deserves to be adopted by God. But isn't it amazing? Instead of looking at all the issues and saying, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to touch, I don't want to help there. It was beautiful to see the whites love where they brought her into their home and into their heart and they gave her all that they could give her. And that's what God does for us. And I hope you marvel at that. It's really amazing that he risked and gave the life of his son so that we can have life. And what a blessing that it is. Before we get into the lesson, let me mention, because we would be far amiss if we didn't mention this. You know, in 2 Corinthians 9, God teaches us that he gives generously to us so that we will have to give to every good need. In other words, we are a conduit. And God says, hey, I'll just keep giving to you and, and you just keep giving. And, and God gives the opportunities for us to give. And wow, has he given a lot of those opportunities. And uh, recently you have given very generously to the collection of medicine for the Sudan Clinic. Uh, this medicine will save lives. It will make other lives much more comfortable and healthy. And uh, we're thankful to each of you. Last Thursday evening, the agape dinner was held here. And it was a wonderful, delicious, informative, blessed evening. And uh, over that night, over 17,500 was given. Others said that they were going to give, weren't able to be there that night. And so I'm sure that number has and will continue to go up. And uh, we appreciate the great work that they do. Also, remember that we have the opportunity to give again. Next week, the play will be passed. Then it will be passed a second time for the First John collection so that we can help our brothers and sisters as they have need. This afternoon, for a few minutes, will you join me in a study as we think about the Holy Spirit? What a beautiful, beautiful topic. I think about the little boy that was sitting beside his father. His father was the preacher, and it was just before the song that was just before the lesson, and the little boy looked up, and he saw his father with his head bowed and his eyes closed. And when the father opened his eyes, the little boy looked over, and he said, Daddy, what were you doing? And the daddy leaned down, and he said, Son, right before I get up to preach, I always ask God to give me a good sermon. And the little boy said, Daddy, why does he never do it? I kind of feel like that here we are about to have a topic and you know if you could pick a topic and say this really, this, this subject of this topic deserves a good sermon. We're studying about the Almighty God. We're studying about one of the Trinity. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. It's amazing the opportunity that we have to dig deeply into knowledge and it's knowledge that we can't really completely understand. But we all ought to be willing to take a plunge into the depths of knowledge and gain everything that we can gain about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we perhaps don't 
talk enough about the Holy Spirit. We don't study enough about the Holy Spirit. And maybe it's because there are so many things that we can't answer that then we shy away from the subject. And that's a horrible mistake because it's not just a subject. He's our God. Now think about Isaac Newton when he was, and this is not a quote, but this is a paraphrase of what he said. He, known for his great knowledge, said the way that he pursued knowledge and the way that he saw himself pursuing knowledge was as if he was like a child on the side of an ocean, just there on the beach, picking up pebbles. And the whole time he was picking up pebbles, he knew that to the side of him was a depth of knowledge. Let's plunge into the deep. I don't know how much we can learn. I know that we can't learn everything that there is to learn about the Holy Spirit because we're tiptoeing into the depths of God. And the only way we can know God is for God to reveal Himself to us. Today I'd like to ask you, do you focus on the Holy Spirit? Do you? Last week, did you focus on the Holy Spirit? I hope that this year as we study about God, we marvel at who God is, not just what He's done. And I think for us as humans, a lot of the time, the chain goes back. I think oftentimes we see what He has done and it does help us then to greatly appreciate who He is. I'd like for us to look at three passages, and we'll look at them regular quickly in the sense that oftentimes we go to one primary passage. Will you join me first in Genesis, the first chapter? In Genesis, the first chapter, the Holy Spirit shows up, and I think sometime that we perhaps maybe are so familiar with this verse that we read it with a familiarity that we just kind of skip over and then you kind of pause and say, wow, the Spirit is mentioned there. I, I haven't even noticed lately that the Spirit was mentioned there. In Genesis 1 and 1, you remember we pointed out several times as we thought about Christ being the creator that we go just a few words into the Bible. In the beginning, God... The Hebrew is Elohim, and that's the plural word for God. And, and then the very next word is what? Created. In other words, one of the things that we are supposed to know about God, that if God was going to say, let me introduce myself to you, I think where he would start is he would start by saying, you need to know that I'm your creator. That's the way the Bible begins. That's the way John 1 and 1 begins. We need to learn about Jesus. Jesus says, let me introduce myself to you. I am your creator. Well, here we read in the very beginning, we also read about the Holy Spirit. He is the creator also. Look in verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the what? The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And the next few verses tell us about what happened over the next three days. And the next three days, this, this emptiness, this without form and without and, and void and darkness, what, what does that sound like to you? If you were in a place of darkness, 
that was void and, and it had no form, that's chaos. And so the, the earth at that point was chaotic. And yet over the next three days, we see order and structure brought into the creation. We see form. God said, let there be light. And you know what the Bible says? That likeness and darkness was separated. Another day, God said, all this water, let me separate it. Let me put a firmament in there. All this chaos without form became with form. The third day, you remember when he looked at the water that was down under the sky? You remember what he said? He said, let me separate it. Let me put that water within boundaries and let me pull up that land so that each has their place. Now the, the earth is not a chaotic field water. Now the earth has some mountains, has some land and prairies and also has some rivers and streams and oceans and seas. And then the last three days of creation, before God rested on the seventh, God, the creator, took all of these separations and brought life into them. Created life to live in that firmament, the sky. Created life to live in the water. Created life to live on the land, including you and I. But I want to take your eyes back to this very same verse again. Look again now if you'll read with me in verse 2 one more time. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. This word hover is, is, is very similar to the idea of brooding over. The Spirit of God was involved in saying, let me create by separating. Let me take this chaos and create a good place for creations and especially creatures. Let me create a place for those that I'm going to create to live in the water. Let me create a place for land. And, and so all of this was by the Spirit brooding over. One of the sites, I, I, at the moment, it doesn't seem so precious at that moment, but, you know, the power that God puts into his creation to bring peace is absolutely amazing. If any of you have ever been around a chicken, when her chicks have hatched out, it is one of the beautiful works in the way God has created nurturing and protecting. Those little chicks, just a few days old, will be out from their mother five, ten feet. And they'll just be pecking around and, and just, it looks like they're eating dirt. Chicken's delicious, isn't it? And, and, and the, the, neighbor, the neighbor's dog comes into the yard. Now this doesn't work if it's your dog because the chickens know that your dog protects them but they don't trust the neighbor's dog. And so when she sees the neighbor's dog come into the yard, she puts her wings out and she begins to cluck. And you know what she's doing? 
She's going to hover over her chicks. She brings them under her wings because out there right now is chaos. Out there right now is very dangerous. She's going to pull them under her into protection. The earth without, without shape, when it was void, when it was dark, what if God would have started with day six? What if he would have said, let's create man? Man wouldn't have lived in that chaos. The Holy Spirit has always been about bringing order into our life. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Let the Spirit hover. Let the Spirit brood over you. Come under the will of God so you can leave the chaos and the danger of the world. What a beautiful thought. God, what do you want me to know about your spirit? And the first time God mentions the, the spirit of God, the first time, it's him hovering over chaos and the following verses is about all this creation coming into order. Let's quickly look at a passage in Job. In Job, the 33rd chapter, Elihu is making a statement, and, and you have to be careful reading Job because sometimes the friends do not give sound advice, and sometimes what they say simply is not true. I believe that this particular point that Elihu is making, I believe this is true. And look what he says in Job 33, and we're going to read just verse 4. He said, the Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gave me life. I've read different articles and different writings the last month in studying about God being our creator and, and there's been a lot of effort made to try to distinguish. Well, in, in creation, what did God the Father do? And, and what did God the Son do? And what did God the Spirit do? And there's some writers that try to make it real clean and distinct and say, this is exactly what the Father did. I'm just telling you, for me and my study, that's a stretch. I can't tell you all the distinction of what the Father did in creation, what the Son did in creation, what the Spirit did in creation, but I can tell you this. God is the creator. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. He is the creator. That's without doubt. Elihu just puts it out there. You are made by the Spirit of God. It's the breath of God, which is interesting because that word ties into spirit. It's the breath of the Almighty that gave you life. God, Genesis 1, hovers over chaos and brings peace to it. He creates order. God, the Spirit, gives life, our life. And hopefully next week we'll even study that we can have spiritual life given to us also. But now let's close our study time and we're not like the next 30 seconds, but this is the last place we're going. Psalm 104, Psalm 104. And if, if you have chapter headings in your Bible, 
what a chapter Psalm 104 is. The heading in my Bible says, praise to the sovereign Lord for his creation and providence. Sovereignty of God is, is absolutely amazing. The sovereignty of God is a marvel. To marvel at God, to be able to say, look at his creation, look at his providence. I, I, don't, I can't fully comprehend it. it. It is beyond my imagination, but everything I can see is absolutely amazing. And so diving right into the latter part of this chapter, I'd like for you to notice what he says about the spirit of God in verse 30. He says, you send forth your spirit. They are created. Is the Holy Spirit a part of the creator? Absolutely. And you renew the face of the earth. Renew, you, re, you refresh, you give life. This is not the invitation, but think, if somebody here right now, your life is not what it ought to be spiritually. Do you realize in a few minutes when we sing a song invitation, you can come forward and you can confess your faults to the Lord and the Lord forgive you and you can be renewed spiritually. That deadness spiritually can be forgiven and you can have life. You can be renewed. Here he's saying the spirit of God is involved in renewing, is involved in giving life. Let's read on. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Now notice our second point here in 32. He looks on the earth and it trembles. He touches the hills and they smoke. So here's what I'd like for you to see as, as we read through this. First, we, we read what the Holy Spirit did. He creates, he renews. But then the next few verses tell what our response ought to be. And our response at this time, he says, he looks at earth and it trembles. We ought to marvel. Our respect for God, our reverence towards God, we ought to look at God and marvel. Look who the Spirit of God is. But as we read on, we see also meditation. Look at the very next verse. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. Can you join the psalmist in saying that? As long as I live, I want to sing to God. As long as I live, I want to praise God. Verse 34. May my meditation be sweet to him and I will be glad in the Lord. When we think about life, creation, do we sometimes get so wrapped up in admiring the creation that we forget to meditate upon the creator? I don't think I realized how often I did that until the study this month. And this month, all these passages that we've been reading about the marvel of God. And when we see the works, we ought to marvel at God. I found myself more than any other time in my life now 
seeing something amazing about God's creation. And I just can't hardly help myself but stopping at that time and praying to God. You know, a, a few weeks ago, the little slither of the moon, I was driving back and I was probably listening to sports talk radio and, you know, and I just looked up and I, and I, I literally just said out loud, that's amazing. But instead of just saying, wow, that's an amazing moon, I found myself cutting the radio off and, and just having a, a few minutes of praising God. Who can make that? Have you noticed the last few days the beautiful trees, snow covered? That's a beautiful creation. Look at the beautiful snow covered trees. But who did it? Please tell me you've marveled at God the last few days. Have you meditated? How powerful did God's spirit have to be that he can make? A beautiful snow-covered earth. A beautiful moon. Notice when he links here the meditation. He also then says, I will be glad in the Lord. I hurt for people that a relationship with God is a burden because there's something totally distorted in their faith. If we truly see who God is, we ought to marvel and tremble. We ought to meditate and be glad. Look who he is and he loves me. And that's what causes the close of verse 35. The last part of 35 says, bless the Lord. Remember we studied that a few, a couple months ago. Bless the Lord. Oh my soul, praise the Lord. Marvel at him, meditate upon him. And then what's gonna spring out? The only thing that can spring out Bless the Lord, praise Him. He is worthy of all of our praise. I beg you today, be hungry to learn more of God. Be hungry to walk into deeper waters. And we won't ever fully understand God on this side. And, and truthfully, I don't think we'll fully understand God on the other side. We're not God. God's depth and greatness is so far beyond us, we can just marvel. But please, today, tomorrow, don't just marvel at God's creation. Marvel at God. Thirst and hunger for God. Long, 
to grow closer to God. The Spirit of God, in a sense, is still hovering over us. And I don't mean that in some mystical, hey, I want to look up and see. Uh, I'm going back and, and using some symbolism out of Genesis 1 there, where literally the Spirit of God was hovering over in the beginning. But now the idea is He's still hovering over us, if you will. And He's still calling us in and saying, let me bring peace into your life. And so today, if you don't have that peace that passes understanding, why not marvel at God? Why not marvel at what he can do with you? Why not bring your life under the mighty hand of God and let him renew you? If you're ready to become a Christian or to be restored,